Ahoy, everybody. Welcome to episode 159 of the Entitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Pat. Today, we're joined by Chance. What do you do? Zach. Hello. And Rick. Rick. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We're a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. So sit back, relax, and get ready to level up your gaming knowledge as we discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Of course, we don't only discuss games. Occasionally, we talk about movies, TV shows, favorite condiment, okay, and or fry. Why do I even bother? And this or is, fry. This and, is, or, okay. and or fry. That's a lot there. You just said there are okay. fries from Andrew? Salt, mustard, waffle fry. There's mustard my answer. Mustard, waffle fries for chance. Yeah, mustard, okay. waffles. <laughs> All right, Zach. <laughs> I don't even want to answer now. Chance has just ruined my vibe for this. He just could not care. Like, it, it's waffle fries, and it's actually it no, is it's definitely not waffle fries. Waffle fries. Okay, <laughs> waffle fries don't even qualify <laughs> as fries. They are literally called waffle fries. They are literally fries. So, Zach, are those your favorite? Uh, I would say hot sauce is my favorite condiment, probably. All right, cool. No fry? All right. No waffle fries. Cool. Unless we're counting tater tots as a type of fry, then it's tater tots. But if not, it's waffle. We've been over this. If we count tater tots, what do we stop at potato chips? How fun does it go, Zach? Because potato chips aren't fried. So is mashed potato fries then? Potato chips are absolutely (laughs) fried. Are you stupid? No, you're fried. (laughs) They're baked. No, baked potato chips are baked, but all potato chips are mostly fried. Yeah, well, they're not the same kind of fried. So this, this guy does not know if, how to make chips. You can't trust anything that comes out of his mouth now. But anyway, it's not quite the same. The best fries would be curly and or shoestring. And the best condiment is going to be a three-way tie between guacamole, hot sauce, and nacho cheese. Great. Yeah. You gave like seven I'm answers. Pat. Uh, I like and chipotle mayo you shoestring for sure uh favorite condiment would have to be i'm gonna go another three-way with uh chipotle mayo uh let's go hot sauce and bacon bacon is not a condiment what's the definition we're looking this up this is what it's coming a substance such as salt or ketchup that is used to add flavor to food. Bacon is very much so a condiment. It fits the definition, Zach. It's flavorful as food. It doesn't add flavor to food. It is. It adds bacon food. flavoring. I do not agree. Well, too bad, Zach. You can you know, not agree with that? the moon. The moon still exists. Cyanide, because it doesn't add any flavor. Yeah, it tastes like bitter almonds. It tastes like almonds. What if you put it on almonds? Then no. <laughs> it doesn't add any flavor. Yeah, it's adding more flavor. It's like, I'm going to add salt to my soy sauce. It is itself food. So Bacon. is all condiments. <laughs> no, because you're not yes. just going to sit there and eat a bowl of chipotle mayo. But yes, itself. you can. You <laughs> absolutely can. And guess what? It's food. You, you would be insane to do something. Like, it is I, not. I'll eat a bowl of guacamole right now if you give me the guacamole. Because guacamole is not a condiment. <laughs> yes, it is. It adds it's flavor. Not. It's not. It, it Zach, is. It's food. Zach, we aren't even past the introduction, and you've already been wrong seven times in this podcast. You ha- you can be more wrong. <laughs> you cannot be more wrong. Eight times. Zach, you know what makes me confused? A lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> you can't pause, man. You know, I'm confused because I don't know what we're going to be discussing. What are we discussing? 
<laughs> this week we'll be discussing game of the year discussion. But first, what have you been playing? Chance? Yeah, still playing Cyberpunk. Um, I've been playing Guild Wars 2. That's the MMO I've been playing. Um, I ended up buying some of the DLC, so I have a couple max level characters, and um, I'm looking to join a guild, you know, to get that full like MMO experience. Um, I am playing a new game that literally just came out a couple days ago called Song of Nunu. It's a League of Legends story. Um, it's a very, um, I, I mean, I would say shorter, very linear platformer puzzle, a little bit of shooter. It's a little bit of everything. It should be, I believe, on Switch and on P- on Steam, on PC. That was a lot of fun. It's like a cute, adorable s- story about one of the um, League of Legends characters. There's a bunch of cameos from other League of Legends uh, or leg- leg- you know champions. Um, I've also just literally just started playing a little bit of a, a game that came out literally today, which is the first day of BlizzCon. Um, it's called Warcraft Rumble. It's a it's an app game on um, you know mobile game. It's a it's very similar to um, Clash of Clans, I guess, where you throw out um, you essentially make your you have like uh, units and you throw them out and you know they're melee ranged um you know tanks probably there's probably gonna be healers and that far enough so there's probably like a bunch of different types of units and you throw them out to you know make different strategies and you try to fight the boss or whatever i'm sure there's pvp in there once again i just started this game so i haven't gotten very far and the, well, the game literally just came out so everyone's starting it right now uh, but i'm sure some weirdo out there is already max level or whatever um and then one game that i'm going to play um very soon which i haven't gotten to play yet is the Foglands. Um, it is a PSVR two game that is a yeah. first person shooter, but also a card game. Yeah, Well Told Entertainment made this game. I am looking to play it. It looks a lot of fun, and I want to give. I'm looking to give a little review on it. Um, next podcast. So I guess look out for that. That's on my next to do list. Um, so um, Zach, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've been playing um some Dead Cells. I've been playing some Fortnite. The OG map dropped today, so it's back to like season one, chapter five, the old school map. So I was playing that today. If you missed it on Tuesday, I was streaming with Pat. Uh, we were streaming Alan Wake two. Uh, we'll I got talk scared about that many in the times. Top of your show, but we will talk about that on top of the show. But I got scared many times. This is not surprising at all. And I started playing Spider Man two today. And in the very first mission, the game crashed like four times. Wow. Which is really annoying. What a surprise. Like, incredibly annoying. So I had to like restart it. I did it, not like, have any crashes. That's that's odd. Like, like it was just, weird, right? So like the, the screen. The PlayStation or just the game, like the app? Like, well, so it, it wouldn't necessarily crash. It would like freeze. And like all the audio and stuff would continue as if nothing had changed. But my image was just frozen and it happened in three different areas once in the middle of combat could you go back to like the home screen or was it everything frozen like everything was frozen i like i'd like i could go back to the home screen of the playstation but i had to quit the app and restart it Hmm, it happened um so that was very frustrating but i don't think it's necessarily like the game's fault or I, i don't know what happened i'm just like gonna keep doing it until it stops crashing um but yeah, that was that was a, that was a little bit frustrating. But aside from that, I mean, I didn't get to get very far to Spider Man just because it was just crashing over again. 
But Alan Wake 2 was fun. Not really. Kind of. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Uh, but Rick, what have you been <laughs> playing this week? Um, This week has been all Alan Wake 2, but uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, last week, Pat, let me borrow his copy of Super Mario Brothers Wonder. And uh, I beat that in less than a week. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, basically 2d style mat or 2d style levels, you know, definitely call back. There's, uh, like little seeds you can kind of get like halfway through if you, if you want to go off the beaten path, uh, which the game kind of guides you towards sometimes, but sometimes you kind of got to seek them out. Um, you get different badges. So at the beginning of each level, you can equip a different badge and that'll give you a special like additional power throughout the level. Um, you can either start with like, you know, a, a red mushroom and then, um, or there's one that helps you like double jump and things like that. Um, it was a lot of fun. Like, oh my gosh, that was a great game. And I beat it just in time for Alan Wake 2, so it worked out perfectly. Um, trying to think of anything else about Wonder. The elephant's fun. You can gather up water, water some plants if you feel so inclined. Um, yeah, it, it's there's one flower that like you send out bubbles. And those bubbles basically turn your enemies into coins. So you can be on one side of the map and just kind of toss a few bubbles and then pick them up. So, yeah, Super Mario Wonder. Surprisingly, just a, just a blast. It really reminded See, me of uh, Super. So you said you beat it. Would you say there's a lot of replayability there going back in and looking for secrets or trying to get a higher Yeah, very score? much so. Okay. Because uh, in order to get to the next area, you need a certain amount of seeds. And honestly, you can even go to like the in-game store and like buy seeds with your coins if you feel so inclined. Um, Real-world coins? So no, 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 no. Oh, I'm like, they're, um, they're microtransactions to this? No, 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 no. Just the gold coins that you pick up in Standard and Mario. Mm. But I believe the actual in-game currency, there are these uh, purple coins that you pick up that I believe are your in-game currency as well. So it's, it's weird. I'm pretty sure the actual coins are just, you know, you get to 100, you get the extra life. I didn't really see much use for them outside of that. You mainly pick up these purple ones that help you buy stuff. And then I think in each level, there's three like $10 coins that you can pick up, you know, little secrets they have to find. There's actually one badge that you put like it basically vibrates whenever you get close to either like a special seed or. Um, well, not really seed. there's like flowers. Like special, like yellow flowers. I forget exactly what they're called in game. Sorry, there's it's been a whole week. <laughs> but um, a lot of the times you pick, you find these flowers. Yeah, you, know, you get one, and it changes an aspect of the level. So like, um, you know, Is be two D side flower? scroller. Yeah, probably. Sounds maybe right. <laughs> um, so like you'll be in the middle of it, and you'll be a two D side scroller, as as always, and then it'll go top down. Out of nowhere. Mm. So, yeah, it. They definitely do a lot of fun things with the visual visuals. Like sometimes the level will just go all dark, and you kind of have to find your way through that. Um, definitely a lot of really fun, like artistic, flash gameplay style, like like choices in this game that were just very very well done. Um, definitely made for a quick playthrough. But as far as replayability, yeah, you need to get so many seeds to get to the next area. So there's really not like, and I could have probably gotten like maybe at least five more seeds on each area, which means like levels offer like two seeds per level. There are special like uh, little side like 
fun little like badge quests where you're like, oh, yeah, cool. I got this badge. We'll utilize it to get to this certain area and then boom, you get a seed. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a lot of replayability. I would love to go back. But right now, uh, deep into Alan Wake and can't get any more distracted than I already am. Um, so, yeah, definitely highly recommend Super Mario Wonder. I'm excited to give it back to Pat so Pat can play it and we can talk about it. Yeah, really fun game. Uh, trying to what else? Um, I downloaded Silent Hill Ascension onto my phone. I have yet to play it. Not because I'm oh, scared yeah, of like, the horror. That's the community interactive experience or whatever they're calling it yeah but like i downloaded it and then i like like read a few like ign articles and apparently it's just riddled with microtransactions and just a terrible time Hmm. yeah so i'm scared to open it for that reason (laughs) (laughs) um other than that as far as other media real fast i'm just gonna hit up on it uh finished gen v today the spinoff of the boys the boys like that seat that season uh Finale was today, so that's a lot of fun. And also, I rewatched all of Invincible season one to get ready for the premiere of season two, which was today. So, a lot of good TV out there, guys. All right, Pat, what have you been playing? Yeah, so no spoilers for Gen V. I still have to watch the last episode, and I had no idea that Invincible was so soon. So that's that's exciting. I have to go back and watch that Adam Eve special that they did. Um, but yeah, as for gaming. Um, it's it's mostly been focused on Alan Wake 2. Um, I played a little bit of Spider-Man today as my PC was kind of updating, so I couldn't play Alan Wake. So played a little bit of Spider-Man. Um, it's just not hitting for me for Spider-Man. I don't know about... I know Zach said he had some bugs, but overall, what did, did you... Like, you played the other Spider-Man games, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's very similar. I I don't think it's it's hitting. Oh, it's just a reskin. Yeah, I mean, it looks better. Start like it just feels like. I mean, from what I could do in the very brief time I was able to play it, a lot of the combat was like the same. Yeah, I mean, they introduced some new powers pretty early, so maybe you haven't gotten to that point yet. Right. Um, But yeah, it doesn't feel drastically different from the other ones. And when playing Alan Wake you're like, holy fuck, the shit that they do in this game is fucking awesome. So when comparing the two, I'm like, Alan Wake is just like a better experience because the direction, the art design, the performances, the blending of live action and all that stuff. We'll talk about that in our game of the game of the year discussion in a, in a bit. So I'm not going to get super into that, but like comparing the two I, remedy has just blown insomniac out of the water, I think. Um, I will continue to play Spider-Man because it is a Spider-Man game. Um, but it's definitely going to be like bottom on my list after, uh, Alan Wake. I still have to go back to, uh, Boulder's Gate. Uh, I still have to finish Cocoon. Um, I still have to play more Liza P. Uh, but I have been playing Marvel Snap. So that's the other one that I'm going to talk about. Uh, they just released an update for this that completely changes the meta. They they destroyed Mobius and Mobius. Uh, for those of you who are listening who don't know about Marvel Snap, Mobius and Mobius's uh, ability was an ongoing effect that said your cards cannot have 
their uh, cost increased and your opponent cannot have their cards costs decreased. So essentially it blocked a lot of those like Sarah or any of those cards that make cards cheaper for your opponent. Um, but he was a good counter because there's so much in the meta of cost reduction. They changed that to now it's instead of an ongoing effect, it's just an on reveal for the next turn that effect goes into play, um, which completely destroys him. And I think it's just going to open up the meta to a lot of these uh, card reduction um, strategies to kind of just take over. And there's nothing kind of no checks and balances to keep them uh, in line, but I'm not super thrilled with that update. Um, So I've kind of not played too much of it this last week since that update came out. Um, but Werewolf by Night is the new card that came out, which does interest me a lot. So um, eventually I'll get in there and, and make a deck with it. But um, that is pretty much it. We'll talk about Alan Wake in a bit. Uh, let's go to housekeeping. So obviously we're streaming every Friday for the podcast. Uh, not every Friday, every other Friday for the podcast. And we are streaming every Tuesday playing something and that we were kind of alternating. So this past Tuesday, go check out that that stream. I think that was a a very entertaining experience watching Zach shit himself as he played the first two chapters of Alan Wake 2. If somebody could go in there and clip out all the times he's jumped, (laughs) that would be fantastic. Um, But yeah, pretty entertaining stream that we put on there. Um, Let us know if you enjoyed that. I'm sure Zach would be down to continue doing that so he can play the rest of the game (laughs) that way. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll talk about it after. Um, So let's move on to Not Slow News 2.0. This is where we discussed the last few weeks of gaming news. It's not super fast, but it's not slow either. Uh, Let's start the, the discussion by talking about possibly God of War Ragnarok DLC. So this is a new report coming from Spanish outlet Area Hugonos. How do you how do you say that? Hugonos. Yeah, it'd be it'd be like Area Hugones. Probably Hugones. 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 Hugones, which is what Area Games or something? Yeah, it'd be Area Games. Yeah. Yeah, and apparently they've been correct in the past. Um, the article I saw was from Insider Gaming. Uh, they just vaguely said they've been right in the past, but they didn't give any examples, so I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Zach's picture is just frozen for me. I'm like him just yeah, mine, smiling far grinning. off. <laughs> mine does. Th- I don't, my camera is just doing that. It's like the fourth time it's frozen. And this happened to you on Spider-Man, too? I think it's just you, dude. It's user error. No, no, because <laughs> this is on my PC. <laughs> this is completely um, different. But anyway, this report says that this year we'll get DLC announced for God of War Ragnarok and that possibly this will be a standalone game similar to Miles Morales and the announcement could come at the Game Awards. So um, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, but to me that timeline does add up. Uh, God of War Ragnarok obviously came out last November. It's been about a year. If this has been in development since before that game came out, we're probably looking at a two-year development cycle, which makes sense for a smaller game using a lot of the same assets. Um, if it is a smaller game following like the uh, the path of Miles Morales, do you think it'll start Kratos or someone else? 
I'm assuming it did start at Atreus. Yeah, Atreus is right. Do you think it would? Do you think he's a yeah, strong enough mainly character? Well, probably he's not that strong, but as far as like if it's <laughs> Miles Morales adjacent, then it makes sense. You got to play as him in Ragnarok. Um, and you beat Ragnarok, right? I did not beat Ragnarok. Okay. But Zach I came pretty close. just downloaded it today. So. <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Chance. On, on the timing. You're not really interested in the God of War games, right, Chance? Uh, not the moment. Okay. <laughs> so um, we've never had a God of War not starring Kratos, right? That series, has, he's always been the protagonist. I believe. I think there was a spin-off game called like God of War Ascension, but again, that was still uh Kratos. There's there's also PSP games, but again, still Kratos. So um yeah, I would not think I don't think Atreus is is good enough to carry a game. Um I, I'd not I find him annoying. I find his playstyle in Ragnarok to be kind of annoying. Um so I would personally like somebody else. If if we're not doing Kratos, do do Therud, do Angerboda. Uh, if you're not familiar with who they are, go play Ragnarok. Uh, both are great characters, much better than Atreus in my eyes. Um, but yeah, like I think having this announcement at Game Awards for Sony would go a long way to kind of shift their image because this year they've they've only announced multiplayer games, pretty much all the first party stuff that they've announced has been. Uh, multiplayer games of service type thing. So if they announce this at Game Awards and they follow that up next year with an announcement, you don't have to release it next year, but an announcement of uh, Wolverine's coming, maybe 2024, maybe 2025. But here's another trailer to remind you that we're still doing single player games. Here's Ghost of Tsushima 2. Here's, I don't know, Horizon 3 or something. Uh, it could start to like change that narrative of, Sony just shifting and putting all of their eggs in the basket of uh, multiplayer games. So I don't know. I don't know, but yes, I'd be really hyped for that. And I think having a smaller game, the style of Miles Morales or the style of Uncharted Lost Legacy, I think that will fit God of War, the franchise as a whole, really well. I'm assuming this will be like a $50 game or whatever because it's Sony. Think so? So uh, okay. I mean, that seems a little, it seems a little expensive now for a DLC. I guess it depends on the. Well, I mean, if it's the size of the game, of, yeah. If it's, if the, it's the size of... of Miles Morales, that was like eight to ten hours, um, for fifty dollars at the time. So it would make sense for them to continue that tradition. I don't think they could charge seventy dollars for it, but again, this is this is Sony, this is PlayStation, so you never know. <laughs> Maybe they're like, you know, just <laughs> it's got the God of War name on it. Let's let's charge as much as we can. So, um. But yeah, I'd be excited for that because so far on their horizon, no pun intended, uh, we only know that Wolverine 2, or not Wolverine, why do I keep saying 2? Wolverine is coming from Insomniac, but we don't know the 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 timeline for that. Um, we assume Ghost of Tsushima 2, we assume the next horizon, um, you know, whatever Naughty Dog's working on is kind of still up in the air because... There was that announcement that they've shifted people off of factions and moved them to other projects after Destiny uh, Bungie kind of evaluated them as not having 
a good enough product to have like the legs to stand on. So we definitely need some announcements from Sony and, and I think a presence. Oh, well, I guess do you count Death Stranding too? That's not really first party, maybe. I don't know. So but regardless, I'm not excited for Death Stranding too. So I wouldn't count it. But yeah, not not a huge rumor, but something that would be interesting if it did happen at Game Awards. So um moving on, I'm gonna throw it a chance here to talk about a game he's excited for. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. Uh yes, Avatar based off of Avatar one and two. Some of the highest grossing movies in the, the galaxy. Um so there have been some previews of the game already coming out um i think there was one from ign and a couple from some others um that are, they're saying this avatar game is just a little bit more than just a reskinned far cry game there's a little bit more to it there uh it seems to be a, some of the traversal um I, I hear some people said what was it called um black mirror not black mirror that was a show the the one where you're mirror's running edge. around mirror's edge mirror's edge um yes um, so you're running around. There are plants that can give you boosts. Uh, there are ropes that will kind of pull you up like in a little elevator. Um, there are plants that give out a little blue puff of smoke that give you little speed buffs. Um, and then, you know, as you play, you will see paths you can follow that can you can get traverse super quick throughout the area. Um, also, you can um, tame, they're called Ikrans. Uh, essentially, the big flying... Um, pterodactyl looking birds mm-hmm. um you it seems like as you fall you can call it to you land on it you can shoot off of it uh you tame it and when you you actually the cool thing is when you choose its name it gives you a yes it gives you a select name i think it's like maybe nine names nine to i don't know it gives you a good selection of names predetermined names so when you pick that name your character will actually say that name in game which i think is pretty cool um so but you can't choose a name not on that list, right? I don't really know. Um, but in the IGN video, the guy's like, I named mine Carol. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that was one of the names in the selection. <laughs> um, I would think nowadays with AI, um, I can't see why, you know, you could just have a normal name and then a game would just say it. But I mean, maybe that's in the future um, when games come out. Um, but yeah, uh, essentially... You can, yeah, call in your, you know, your mounts to yeah. fly around. Um, and then there are many weapons. Um, you have your bow and arrow. Um, uh, you know, you have knives, spears uh, as your Navi weapons. And then the human weapons, you have your typical guns and grenades. The enemies that you'll be fighting, of course, are the horrible human beings that are always trying to colonize and invade indigenous places and um trying to you know take things for their own for resources to further pollute the world um so you are going after them um i really hope and wonder if there are some bad navi i mean they're well i guess we'll find out when the game comes out and see if they enter uh have that in the story the trailer where it was just talking about the story talked about like the different tribes yeah so some tribes might be hostile yeah like i'm thinking there might be hostile tribes or you know, there are avatars. So, I mean, you could have humans in avatar bodies and they'd be enemies. Um, and that'd be interesting to have, you know, see how they would work. But the game's not out yet. And these are only previews. So we'll have to wait to see what happens there. Um, and then there's also a hunting and gathering. You know, you, you're picking fruit off of, you know, the ground or whatever. 
off of plants to gain health. Um, I think you use things to craft as well. You can craft things on the fly. I've heard they uh, compared a lot of the crafting similar to uh, Horizon, Dawn Horizon, whatever the game's called. Another game that has to do with indigenous mech people. And uh, so you can kind of craft arrows on the fly and craft ammo as you're fighting. Um, and the graphics I hear look really great. It utilizes um, ray tracing. So it looks very impressive, which should make sense. I mean, Avatar's always been known as a very beautiful um, kind of, you know, environment and quality, When even, even in the movies. Though I did see some negatives um, as well in some of these previews, talking about how um, traversing on foot is like better or faster than even on your mount. Um, I also hear you can't even call your mount down to attack or distract. Um, when you're sneaking, you can't really like throw a rock to distract or uh, maybe, I know I heard there's really not a lot of like melee combat. It's mostly like, you know, just at range shooting with a gun. So, I mean, it does sound like at least in these previews, it seems like there's a lot of room for improvement. Obviously, you know, this that could be changed maybe when the game comes out and maybe as you play, those things will become available. Uh, because when these people were playing these previews, these were like in selected areas. I heard when they wanted to show off combat, they just put you right into a stronghold or a bunch of humans and mechs. Um, and then, you know, traverse areas, they you will know, put you in a place where you're, there's a path you follow and you try to smoothly traverse. Um, I'm, I'm just hearing really good things about it. Um, I, you see some of the cutscenes. I guess just quickly to go over the story so far, it would seem that you are a Navi that has um, been, I believe you've been captured. You're kind of like a prisoner kind of Navi, but you're like younger, you're a kid. Uh, the humans are trying to essentially like turn you on, you know, or turn them on. They're trying to get you on your on their side. The humans are trying to turn you on. No, they're not trying to. Okay, that that sounds really bad. But they're trying to like. Um, they're trying to like you know. Turn on little kids. <laughs> they're trying to get to uh, get you on their side uh, and try to like like mold you and raise you to be their soldier brainwash you yeah essentially and um you know essentially like it takes place in the the game where um the navi are fighting back and so they're attacking these facilities and essentially killing both humans and you know avatar navi so you get put in the cryo sleep to survive the attack you survive you break out and then now you're out there kind of like on your own until you eventually get found by the navi and you have to learn their ways and then you start fighting a back against the humans so that's what it seems like the story is so far. Um, so it seems very interesting. Um, I hope you have the chance to betray the Navi. Yeah, I do hope there's some oh. openness to it. Um, like you can choose your path. Like, do you want to be more on the humans? Like, do, is there an opportunity to do so? Can you, you know, continue, you know, helping the Navi? Like, I really hope, like, I heard, also heard there's a character crust customization that obviously everyone just got pre-made characters when they were in there. Um, I do hope that there's some options in the game that it's not too linear. And that, you know, there is some open world, you know, extra options that you can uh, go through. Um, also, we just watched The Way of Water. I hope they introduce some kind of water-based stuff. I highly, I don't really know. It was still last year. It was almost a year ago. Yeah, it was December, wasn't it? Has it been that long? I remember it coming out in December, yeah. Okay, well, last the last movie to come out was The Way of Water, and it introduced the, all the, you know, the oceans and all that stuff. Like, I really hope they have some of that in there. Um, I mean, maybe that's asking too much. I don't really know. I hope not. But maybe that's something they might build up on, because it sounds like there's a good base to the game, is what I'm trying to say. And it then sounds I, like from the, uh, the story trailer, they have, like, different tribes. They're not going for, like, the same tribes that were in the movies. So yeah. I don't know if it'll be actually the water tribe but it'll be a lot of different yeah i mean we'll of... have to wait and see 
I heard that, you know, this game is canon, so anything that you, as you explore this, you know, game, you may find some new stuff that the movies haven't introduced yet. So, you know, you might play the game that no one didn't play it or whatever, or they didn't get to it, or, and then the movie comes out, they're like, whoa, what is this tribe? Like, oh, that's so new. Like, no, I already, I've already, already played the game. I've already, I may know some of these characters or these tribes or, you know, right, human facilities or whatever. <laughs> what is it? What? It's the one of the tribes is turning on little kids. Okay, can we drop that? It's it's canon now. No, it's not canon. That's that's you don't want that to be canon. How, I just love how smug Chance is about the video game being canon. You may not have played the game, but I played it. <laughs> You're gonna be so much above the just the movie casual film. Well, I'm just saying for those like myself who I sometimes find interest in. You know, the whole reason why I say I play Song of, you know, Song of Nunu is it's um, it's a different type of game or a different type of enjoying this, um, essentially this franchise or whatever, and, you know, enjoying this world in a different story, in a different light. And you can get some extra insight that, you know, people who may go out to see movies, but don't play video games. And, you know, if you like the world of Pandora, then you can play this game and just find out, you know, you can just get more, you know. You instead of having to wait for another, you know, five years for the next movie to come out, which I don't, you know, it won't be another five years for the next movie to come out, but you know, something to hold you over for I think until the next movie comes out, which I think might be like next year. Well, if their track record is anything to go by, it'll be like a decade. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally nothing that, they've done that would lead me to believe that the movie's coming out next year. No, they've been they've been they've been filming the movies back to back. At this That's point. fine. They could be filming it all they so, want. I think the second one may, or the third one may al- almost be done already. Like they, it won't be another like twelve or thirteen years. It, you know, it, the next one's coming out either next year or the year after. Not to ten years later when Avatar comes out. We absolutely can. <laughs> I kind of trailed off. Uh, did you talk about the bad AI? No. Go ahead and talk about that. I guess I didn't hear that during the preview. The uh, IGN preview guy said that the AI was pretty much brain dead in in the demo that he was playing. This might just be because it's an early build, but he he did think it was worth mentioning. But he's like, basically, I could take out somebody who's right next to another enemy and they wouldn't notice. So they do definitely need to update the the AI to make it like an actual challenge because it was super easy right now. Does this change any of your guys' opinion on this game or are you guys still meh? I wasn't going to play it. So you're still meh. Honestly, just Chance's enthusiasm itself makes me want to play it. I don't think I'll buy it, but it like happens to be on Game Pass. You'd have to still pay some for it, but you could subscribe to Ubisoft Plus on PC and then play the game for a month and then just unsubscribe. And then you could yeah. also play Mirage in that time period uh, for that $15. So. I mean, it would make deal. sense. I think out of all of us here, like I'm the one that likes the Avatar, the Avatar franchise the most. So that's why I guess I'm the most excited. I don't appreciate you gatekeeping Avatar. <laughs> Are you going to buy it? I mean, not anymore. I don't like okay, I'm sure you were going to buy it before. Uh, well, it's my game. You're not allowed to buy it. Don't, don't, none of you, none of you better be buying this game. I'm playing. I mean, I'd subscribe to Ubisoft. Plus, I wouldn't actually buy it. I want, I want to be a movie casual, and I want Chance to look down his nose at me. But I don't, <laughs> don't know about the, the tribe that turns on kids. You know why I know Zach's not going to play this game? Because it has two-player co-op. He's not going to play this game. <laughs> 
You're right. I just want. I just want to play with anything, Chance. He'll get it and play it and never invite you. <laughs> I, just, I, just play, I just won't play it with Chance. That'll be the only thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's a lot about Avatar. Um, let's go to the topic of show, and we're going to talk about the game of the year. That's my job to introduce <laughs> that. How dare you? <laughs> Okay, well, go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> anyway, moving on to our topic of show. The show, Pat. God. <laughs> he just, instead of passing it to me, he just kept going. Anyway, moving on to our topic of show, we're going to talk about the game of the year discussion. Uh, so we kind of alluded to this the last couple of weeks. Um, the way we've previously done uh, the Tuggy voting for this show is always we submit our nominations without a lot of discussion. And then out of those nominations are collectively the top five choices get nominated. And then we have everybody vote uh, for just one instead of top five. Um, and that ends up being uh, you know, the winner of, of that category. And I think that's worked well previously. I, I've agreed with every game of the year that we've chosen. Um, we had control. Uh, well, it started with. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, then it was Control. Um, what was 2020? Uh, Last of Us 2. Yes, of course. Last of Us 2. 2021 Halo? I think that was Halo Infinite. And then last year was... Uh, Immortality. Immortality. So I think we've had pretty good picks for Game of the Year every year. This year, because it's such stiff competition and there's so many contenders, every other year it's like, okay, these five games kind of have to be nominated, right? Like at least at least these four games have to be nominated. And you could kind of easily pick out the winner. Oh, it's going to be between these two, if not this one. Like we all knew Last of Us was going to win in 2020. Uh, we all, as a podcast, expected Immortality to win because it had such a profound effect on all of us who had played it. But this year, there's just so many of those contenders. So we're going to kind of do things a little bit differently. We have not submitted our nominations yet. We always tend to do that a little bit later because we want to give all the the games consideration. Uh, but at this point, a lot of the the games that we would feel would have consideration have already come out. I think the only ones left are Avatar and Call of Duty and uh, Super Mario RPG. And come on, let's let's speak frankly here. No one's gonna expect Avatar to get any nominations at the Tuggies, right? <laughs> we we at Tugpod don't condone turning on kids, so so we're can I we're just gonna kind of have a conversation. We're gonna talk about what we think our personal nominees would be if we were nominating at this point. We're not going to. This is still just a conversation, but I think it's it's a conversation we need to have for this year. So. Do we want to go through all the contenders one by one? Do we want to give our top five and then kind of see where everybody is landing? How do you guys want to do this? You want to go down the list? The, the, I think we should go down the list because there's a few games on here that I like. I haven't played that I would like to play. And there's a couple games that I know you guys have played that I haven't played that I'm surprised aren't on well, the list. Well, that's what I think so, is like, going to be noteworthy for this conversation. I think we should all come up with a game that maybe the others haven't played and say, you need to play this for consideration. You should put this at the top of your list specifically for the Tuggies. So do you guys just want to go down the list of what I have here? And feel free to add to this if you don't think this is complete. Did you guys... I was expecting 
Oxen Free 2 to be on here. Was it not good? Well, I wouldn't say it's game of the year. I, I would definitely put it in my contention for uh, indie game of the year. Okay. I mean, technically they're owned by Netflix now, but um, if you have not played that, then yeah, you should definitely play it. I, I think it's definitely going to be in contention for narrative, but gameplay wise, like I said, with like Spider-Man, it doesn't add too much in the sequel that the original game didn't have. So um, they add a little bit of like using ropes and climbing and light puzzle solving, but because the first game had some of that, but it was mostly just the walking and the conversation. This doesn't build too much upon that. Well, it was good. And I could see the work that went into the different branching, like dialogue options and like story paths that you can go down. And honestly, such a, a great way to deliver that story. It just didn't as a complete package. I think I, I don't, I wouldn't put it on my game of the year list. Has anyone else played it here? I haven't. I'm no. going to, but I was just surprised that it had, wasn't on here. Yeah. Just from Down, the narrative perspective. Download it on your phone through your Netflix app. It's absolutely worth it. Maybe like four or five hours total to beat it. Um, okay. So, yeah, Lies of P being on there is good, Rick. I was going to talk about that as well. Um, I mean, we're missing a clear, a clear contender from early on in the year, and Hogwarts Legacy not being on this list. <laughs> realistically is anyone gonna put that on no. their list no Absolutely. <laughs> oh my um, God. I, right now i i and again it's because i'm very biased i it's not gonna be a game of the year contender but i liked what they did with assassin's creed mirage personally but i don't know i don't i wouldn't put it up there for game of the year but i do like what they did if that makes sense like i think it was a strong showing for that but i know it was it's not like from a gameplay perspective, it didn't live up to like what other Assassin's Creed games have been like. Is there any category you feel it could be nominated in? Because um, again, I've only played the hour because they have not fixed the chromatic aberration. I, I thought visually the game was very, very beautiful. I thought the game was stunning. Um, you made me want to throw up. Yeah, <laughs> so. the, the chromatic aberration. Yeah, I mean, on my my screen is a little smaller, so it wasn't like such a big thing. But it's just like. I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it did necessarily any one thing spectacularly, but I just think overall as a package, it was solid. Um, even like I wouldn't. I I, I even just I'm on personal bias. I want it up there, but I wouldn't even from a rating perspective put it up there for game of the year. But I think for what it was, I thought they did a really good job. A smaller scale AC game. I thought for what it was, they did good. Any others that you guys think are not on this list that should be? I think everything is on here that should be on. I don't think there are any other games that should be on there. Okay, so let's just go down the list then. So, no particular order. Just because I'm playing it first, I have it on this list first. Or I'm playing it right now, I mean. Um, Alan Wake 2. So, we didn't. We kind of glossed over this and or what have you been playing, but I do want to talk about it here. And kind of like in depth, our kind of impressions. I know Zach, you've played the two hours on stream. Uh, mm -hmm. Chance, you haven't played this at all. No. Okay. And me and Rick have been playing it. I am about seventeen hours in. Um, there's two different campaigns. You have the Saga campaign and the Alan Wake campaign. I am like right to the end of one of those campaigns. I don't want to tell you because spoilers. 
Um, but I'm right to the end of one of the campaigns and then they're like, Hey, you have to continue the other campaign to get to the, the ending of the story. So I think I have a couple missions left of the other campaign and then we'll get to like a finale. But honestly, I am loving everything about this game. It, it does. It improves on everything of Alan Wake one. It, it, they've taken remedy have taken everything that they've learned over the, the 13 years since that game, you know, with control, with quantum break, with like different experimentation for storytelling. And they've added it to this game. They use the, uh, uh, the live action, um, kind of overlaying on top of the gameplay in a lot of areas, uh, like they did with control. And that just works so well in this universe. The gameplay differences between Saga and Alan, they work so great. Like one of the main uh, complaints with Alan Wake 1 was there were too many needless combat encounters that kind of artificially lengthened the game. But in this case, with Saga, they never throw more than three enemies at you at once because they know that's like the way they give you ammo, the way the, the, the combat feels. That's pretty much all you can handle. Um, Combat encounters are infrequent, but the entire time you're playing a saga, the the sound design is so good. You hear the wind, you hear like, you know, random animals in the woods as you're going through it. You're always constantly on edge. And it's one of the few games because it looks so great on top of all of this um, and the atmosphere that I'm not constantly just running everywhere. Like I am walking at like the speed that you were walking to take everything in to make sure I'm not missing everything. I'm like exploring every path. I'm, I'm savoring this game is what I'm doing. Um, and then, so you have that as like the standard saga gameplay where it is, you are shining a light, removing the darkness shield, and then you're shooting people. Um, the way it works with Alan is that you are in the dark place and you are surrounded by all these apparitions that are like, almost like people covered in the darkness shield. Um, they look like the same as that, but there's so many of them. And again, they're still giving you limited ammo. You still have the flashlight. You still have the gun, but these apparitions, some of like most of them, I would say disappear when you go up to them, but there's, there's some of them that will actually turn into enemies. They'll throw you to the ground and they'll attack you. And then you do have to shine the light on them and shoot them. But you never know which is which because they're always constantly trying to fuck with you. Um, they they all know you. They know Alan Wake. They're saying your name. They're talking about you. They're saying this isn't your story. And like it, it's just it's again so intense, so on edge. And the puzzle solving in both of these um, with Saga, you're you're collecting clues. You're putting them on the storyboard. They have some other environmental puzzles. But with Alan Wake, you have a storyboard. And you're finding locations and then you're finding narrative beats. And if you add a narrative beat to a location, it'll change the location around you. And some of those you need to move the story along, but some of them just open up different pathways to secrets or whatever um, and allow you to kind of progress. So it becomes instead of like just being a level that you're like going through linearly, you are now in a giant environmental puzzle as you're going through finding, okay, I found another narrative point. So let me go back to that first location, plug it in there, see what happens. Oh, I found a new location. Let me plug in the three narrative points I already have into that one and kind of see what happens. And it, it just works so well that like 
distinction between the two campaigns and uh kind of the similarities between them in terms of gameplay and presentation and it just it it works so well and remedy leans into the wacky um one of the the first lines of the game is like uh this the story will like eat you or the story will like devour you or something like that and they're they're talking about how the story is constrained by its genre and remedy is not at all constrained by their genre because this is a survival horror game like throughout the entire game it is survival horror but they lean into such such wacky intense awesome moments and it just like i'm literally feeling like how i felt playing immortality playing this game at times I know that was a lot. How do you feel, Rick? I feel pretty similar. Um, it's definitely a, a, an immersive experience, to say the least. Um, I love how Remedy is just out there. They have basically marks of everything they've ever, like, seemingly ever done on mm-hmm. this game, from Max Payne to Quantum Break to Control. Like, there's one scene in particular where I got to see the face of Max Payne right behind him was a guy from the Federal Bureau of Control working on a box. And it's like, all right. I think we just lost you also. Can you repeat what you said? It froze there for a second. Am I back? Okay. Yeah, you're back now. Um, What did I say? Oh, at one point, you um, have a guy from Max Payne, and then behind him yeah, is an FBC. Yeah, but yeah, you're looking at the face of Max Payne, and right behind him is a guy working on a building, like working for the Federal Bureau of Control. And then I know they couldn't get like any of the rights to the Quantum Break story, but still, like having Sean Ashmore in there, like, and then also like some some of the things he says and vague when hints. he's in the dark, yeah, yeah. vague hints of like, okay, cool, that's that's Quantum Break guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's it's everything and then um they also get like super meta during a talk show where i was like oh wow (laughs) yeah i was talking to this uh i was talking about this with zach as he's streaming i'm like okay so alan wake is a horror game written by sam lake and that story is coming to life in the fact that they're developing this game and the story's about a writer who's writing a horror story that's coming to life and one of the characters that he put in the game or in his writing has now come into the real world and he's played by Sam Lake. It's just it's just no like nobody would attempt to do this story. And Remedy is nailing it like uh. it is so incredibly meta. But also um, one thing you forgot to mention as far as the dark place goes that also changes your environment is the lamp. Yes. Um, that that's one of the first things you're introduced to before you can actually do the storyboards and change the level with that is there's a, a lamp where you can basically take light and it actually changes the map itself I actually got stuck in the first part of the dark place because you're supposed to get to the station and there's two lamps right where the station should be. Mm. And I kept doing one, which took me up some stairs and I kind of discovered a lot of the map of the dark place just by accident. Um, but yeah, and there's also uh, fun little power ups with the words of words of power, words of words of power. Yeah, so I'm excited about those because that'll give me a, a little bit more of an edge. Um, I am playing on the story mode, which is like the easiest, but still they're like the, one of the first actual like boss battles 
I ran out of ammo and I ran out of flashlight. And because if you, if you, if you run out of either, you're kind of screwed, which would always kind of got me about Alan Wake. You know, survival horror. Yeah, you have limited ammo, but adding the flashlight on top of that, like if you're out of batteries and you're out of ammo, like good luck. <laughs> yeah, it is about resource management. Uh, Zach kind of ran into the same problem with the first boss. I didn't. I, I found the first boss kind of easy because I had explored and I had gotten like a big cache of weapons and ammo and stuff. Um, but yeah, he ran, he had like two, like one shot with the shotgun and like 12, uh, pistol bullets and then a little bit of battery. Yeah. But you do like more ammo spawns across the field as you are running in those moments. I noticed that because I would just kind of run around be like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap. Do I just die? And then I'd run into a run myself into dead ends constantly, like just (laughs) running into corners. And I was like, oh, God, I can't keep running bad. Like, go watch that stream. He is constantly panicking and missing like shots that he should not. (laughs) Like, also, fun fact for me, (laughs) I have not even found the shotgun. Really? In the general store. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dang. All right. I'll have to go back. Um, Yeah. So I'll have to go back and get that because that's definitely something I want on my uh, in my arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. There's also so, a pump action shotgun later on. Ooh. And does Alan so far? I've just got the handgun, which I'm assuming it's, it's fine. He'll get more weapons too. Yeah. As you okay. Can. But yeah, like the story within the story, it's a lot of fun. I love being able to change things, and then the map, like. There are some times where it kind of gets confusing. It definitely it holds your hand a little bit, but not too much. Um, it's not like Skyrim where like, hey, go to this point and you're there. Um, but you, know, you can go to your room, you know, which is kind of like the pause menu. And you have like tasks so you can find out which tasks you need to go to. Um, so, yeah, it's I've been I've been having a blast. I just wish I could play it a little bit more, but. um things happen and sometimes yeah i do get a little scared like at one point it's like all right cool you know you have to take this heart and put it in here thing and then ask for the terror and it's like Mm -hmm. i don't know if i want to do that tonight it's (laughs) like 11 o'clock i think i might just go to bed (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm i'm really enjoying it and it is quickly like moving up my list of game of the years Uh, obviously i've not beaten it yet and it could all fall apart at the end but I have a hard time believing that's going to happen with a remedy game. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Zach, are you going to play more? No. <laughs> yes, you are on stream. <laughs> I agreed to do it one time. And that was it. We'll see. Um, moving on to Super Mario Wonder. So this also got pretty high reviews. Rick, would you consider it in Game of the Year discussion for the Tuggies? You're the only one who's played it on this podcast so far. Honestly, I'd consider it in the category of if it was like released last year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's just a lot of other good, good things around this year that it probably doesn't break my top five. It definitely is in the top 10. As I said, it was a lot of fun. It was a breath of fresh air for like the 2D Mario. They had a lot of fun concepts, very creative. Um, It was just a really fun game to play. Yeah, I'm excited to to actually get my hands on it, but there's just so much out. Like, there's a lot I have to to get back to. Uh, but I am looking forward to it. Yeah, probably um, once I beat Alan Wake 2, I'll probably go back to it for a little bit. 
Moving on to uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, this came out in March. Feels like a, a lifetime ago at this point. Uh, May. Came out in May. <laughs> oh, it came out in May. Okay. Still feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but yeah, it's it's still... I would say this is still in my top five. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked it better than Breath of the Wild. Um, the new powers were very interesting and kind of allowed you to to think outside of the box a little bit more than the set of powers in Breath of the Wild. I think the story was much better in terms of how it's delivered and like you're picking up the pieces and seeing what's going on in 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 an aspect where you're not directly in control, but it kind of gave Zelda a, a more active role in in the the story. Um uh final battle was cool, uh had a really cool set pieces. Uh, leveling up like that loop of you know getting more stuff leveling up your armor getting to the fairy fountains um, finding more weapons and building up your hearts all that loop was great and i really enjoyed doing that um i did power through the game in i think 60 hours ish um beat the game uh and i i don't really have a a desire to go back but I was kind of the same in Breath of the Wild. Like once I I beat the the end, I had no intention of really going back. Um, but that's not to say I didn't really enjoy the ride. So, um, but yeah, this is definitely still in my top five. What about you guys? Yeah, I think so. I like the just with all the power ups and everything. It was kind of more freedom of just like versatility of how we could go about playing the game as opposed to breath of the wild and i think that was like a huge improvement on breath of the wild where i felt like a lot of what you did was kind of i don't know if like it felt repetitive but i felt like in breath in tears of the kingdom you could do more and kind of have more freedom but it's excellent game. i think the building adds like another aspect to it if you yeah. if you really got into that i was not like super hardcore into it the way i played but i did see people who are like that's all they focused on mm -hmm. I'm yeah, going would, to definitely like. Uh, I did dead definitely in my top like one or two, mm -hmm. mainly because I did spend so much time on it, and it honestly going into it, it's like okay cool how can you improve on Breath of the Wild like it was already an amazing game like okay cool you have the template like how are they gonna kind of one up this, and both you know, of course the building, um, I guess all the temples, um, and. I think the, the biggest depths. improvements was story. Story and also like for me it was definitely like both adding the sky and the depths. The depths mm -hmm. and like the gloom and everything that was something that I don't think they really they talked about before the game even came out. The, it was the just gloom definitely there and, not. Yeah. Yeah. And it added so much more depth to the game but um like having like the above world, the way above world and the below world and like having that all just blend in. That was just so well done. Like it was. It's it's going to be hard to beat that one. Yeah. And the, the kind of the resources tying in together, like in the Sky Islands, you get the sunflowers that give you ability to cook stuff that will fight the gloom. And then you get the bright seeds in the ground, which will allow you to get light in the depths. And then in the depths, you get the powerful armor which will help it, it just it worked out really well and i i'm really surprised they were able to top breath of the wild because that game was just 
it was good. I mean, it was a little bit too much rain. We've talked about that a lot, but um, they did cut back on the rain in this in this game. It seemed like I, I did not find as much annoying rain. Um, but then again, it was much easier to traverse because you're on the the sky islands and now you're just dropping down as opposed to trying to climb everything. So I think that worked very well. So yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And I think it's, it's definitely still, I'm having a hard time putting stuff in order. Um, but I think this is still in my top five. Um, moving on to Baldur's gate three. Uh, this is a game that I, at the beginning of the year would not have said is going to be anywhere near my list of top five games of the year. But after putting like over, I think I'm at a hundred hours at this point into this game, it's definitely going to be there. It it is so in depth. And so like the developers literally thought of everything, like anything you could want to do or any interaction that you think should work does fucking work. Um, And they've accounted for so much like, Oh, I want to kill this person. And then I'm going to disguise myself and I'm going to do speak with the dead to get information and see how he felt because he won't talk to me, the killer. But if I disguise myself, he doesn't know who I am and he'll talk to me and I'll be able to get extra information and all of this stuff. Like um, so much player choice, so much like narrative. I'm sure that like the storyboard for this game must have been ridiculous to, to account for all these choices. Uh, I will say it is annoying that I've encountered some bugs on here that have kind of dampened my experience i'm not going to say it's ruined it because it's still a fucking awesome game and an awesome playthrough uh but there are some glitches that have kind of ruined uh an aspect of my playthrough which i uh am a little bit disappointed on but i do see myself going back in and putting another 80 100 hours into this game doing another playthrough because there's so much i still have not seen based on the choices that i've made um so i i know chance you and zach were doing a, a multiplayer playthrough of it have you guys done solo at all have you how much time um, have you put into boulders gate 3 we started playing together and then um i guess we just all couldn't get together after like i michael, think like maybe like the third try through michael started having to travel for work and then i was traveling for soccer yeah, um, so I started playing a little solo. There. I didn't put a hundred hours in it yet, but I do have a solo save that I can I want to keep continue playing. Um, but I mean I also would like to play with multiple people and actually like get a set in stone time and schedule to like play with everyone, but it just seems to be too hard. Like everyone has a lot of it's things so going hard. on. And the like thing about about a game like that, and we kind of ran into the same thing when you played Divinity. Is that you all are in a you're all in like a in a party in a group. You need to be aligned with like what you want to accomplish. Otherwise, everybody just goes off and does their own yeah. fucking thing. Yeah, I and mean, like playing play with Michael was pretty hard. Like he because he did what he do shit. He did what he, he wanted to do it. in like um divinity, which is be a rogue and steal from everyone and. I don't know. It was kind of everyone was playing it like it was a single player game, and everyone just ran off, talked to their own people. Oh, I'm doing this over here. Oh, I'm doing this over here. And it's like, well, we need to like do things together. I don't know. It's just unless you like role played it, where it's like, okay, we're gonna go do something for like an hour. Meet me back here. But then it's tough when like 
somebody gets arrested like Michael did or like somebody like has to engage in combat and they're obviously not going to be able to do it all by themselves like kind of thing and that's the part that makes it more difficult like you can't go and break off and split and be like I'm going to go on my own mini adventure without all of you guys here really quick catch you later you're missing content that way and the decisions you make can affect decisions someone else makes so and it's not like one of those things where it's like oh they can come back and redo this interaction or something i now am like dictating what's happening for the group based on my interaction with this individual and because i'm not familiar with like what chance's lore is or what michael's lore is or what your lore would be right like that person could have been somebody who's super important to you like to further your story or see something that only you would have been able to see based on your character's background or whatever so you need to be like super aligned with what is happening and that makes it a little bit more difficult i just don't see myself playing a hundred hour hundred hour rpg with somebody else for every time that you would you know it's just so even me and casey we cannot get that time together to do that playthrough well, maybe we could get the time together, but we 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 certainly wouldn't be aligned in choices. She right. is very she reloaded a save because she accidentally used a tadpole power. And I'm like, babe, this is you just lost a, an hour and a half of progress. And she's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a full prestige play like pristine playthrough or whatever. Mm. And I'm like, we could never make this work in terms of it makes it difficult. Now like as far as like the game itself okay. and stuff like that is fantastic. But like but the other aspect of that, like me and her having our distinct single player playthroughs and then discussing the differences, that has just been awesome. Just like, oh I didn't even know this place existed. She found like a secret hideout that had like a an, a black market exchange because she saved people that I instantly killed. And like it's just it's crazy <laughs> discussing that stuff. So yeah, I think and that like, aspect of it works much better than the actual multiplayer playing of it. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. It's just like when like when me and because Larry and obviously did Divinity. Like when me, Jonah, and Parth were able to play through Divinity playthroughs together, we were more or less aligned with what needed to happen or would like make time for if players had like a specific storyline they needed to go through, we would like make time and do that. Um, but you also need to have people who are willing to be engaged in the story like constantly as well, because it is so narrative driven and there's so much shit going on. Parth is like the least narrative driven person I know. He if if the game could just not be Baldur's Gate and could just be RuneScape, he would do that. Or be like <laughs> Clicker Heroes, he would do that where there's no fucking story and it doesn't fucking matter. Such a big like, part of that game is the dialogue and the, the choices yeah, and like, so like it's such I, a, I it's don't such a cool game. Like you need to have a very specific niche group of people to do a group playthrough. But that's not the fault of Larian Studios or of Baldur's Gate. That is a player's fault. So I'm not going to like knock the game for those things because that is the nature of the game and what they execute. I think they do a superb job um, with doing it. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me of the depth of, of like what you're experiencing because that's exactly what Divinity was like. Divinity also accounted for a lot of the things that you were discussing. So. Yeah. Would is Baldur's Gate going to be in your top five for the year? I predicted that Baldur's Gate would win the overall game. That's the game, game of the year. I'm saying your I, personal game. My personal game of the year. I your personal top five so. of the year. 
my personal top five, yeah, it'll be in my top five. Okay. I do, it's so. it's going to be in mine. Chance, do you think it'll be in your personal top five? Are we already getting down to that already? We're already down no, to what's which... your top five games of the year? Do you guys, do you want to do it as we're discussing it, or do you guys want to list them at the end? I think I we just should maybe a little bit more quickly go through the list, and then we go to our five. Okay. Do you want to do that? All right. Um, Starfield, moving on. Uh, this is a game we've all played because it's on Game Pass. So I think this is the first one on the list that all of us have played. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts? I know Zach was being less like engaged in it last podcast. Yeah, and it's just like, just feel like, and again, there. I know there's a lot of other like side missions and different like faction quests you can do that really expand on different things and that's where like a good chunk of story and very like fun storylines are but like the general feel i have for starfield right now is just like it's all right it's not fantastic Mm -hmm. i feel like i've just been doing the same thing over and over are you still in have you what part of the main quest are you in so the last thing of the main quest that i did it's like the sixth maybe artifact or something that I've brought back, uh, I've I've gotten my superpower, or one of my superpowers. Um, we got attacked by like an ancient civilization who knows about the artifact. Okay, I'm, like I'm, I'm surprised like, you're at that point and still feeling it's not like hitting. It's not. It's not that the story isn't engaging. That's not necessarily like my issue with it. It's like I just feel like I'm doing the same. I'm just like going to a place, grabbing the artifact, coming back home. I will agree that that part is the same. And that particular part of the campaign, you are doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. There's another section of the campaign. There's 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 a whole other bunch of shit I haven't done. It's my own fault. But like right now, that's just how I feel. Um, Yeah. It just feels a little bit mundane. I mean, I've heard from you. I've heard from like Michael and people like, like you, you need to go do like uh the whatever faction storyline the the pirates or whatever like you have to do that that storyline's amazing and then it opens up all this other stuff so it's just like yeah but like the main thing of what i want to do like the shit with constellation just feels kind of that's why i think game design wise it would have been so much cooler if they changed it from 10 artifacts to like five and they made 10 different artifacts available in each of these faction storylines so it's like you don't have right. to go do all of them, but let's let's go out and do five different story factions or do side stories that will eventually feed into the main narrative and stuff. Um, so I think that was a misstep on their part to actually get that player engagement. Um, <clears throat> but to me, I, I'm I, I was very hot on it for a part of the the campaign that I was doing the pirate storyline. I'm like, holy shit, I've been playing this game for 18 hours or, you know, eight hours or whatever it was just doing this side quest. And it just keeps getting more interesting and building upon itself. And then I got back to the main narrative. And then the ending is, I think, really cool and plays with some good ideas. But again, they don't go full fledged with those ideas. I think they, they do stumble a bit and there is so much there that is, not fun that is just managing oh i have to put the next four upgrade points i get into my weightlifting so i'm able to carry more shit because it's just 
so annoying to have to constantly dump stuff in my ship or build a new ship to to get more storage and all of this stuff that just kind of drags down the experience so as a whole i would say i am not sure if it's going to be in my top five at this point i did enjoy a lot of my time with it but yeah again there's a lot of time with it where i'm like I'm just doing the same thing over and over again just so I can get to the end of the story. Um, Rick, how far are you? I'm fairly far. I think I discussed it with you, Pat, that you actually was like, okay, you're in a good point in like the main story that you can kind of go off and have fun and do some side stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started on before I got busy because, you know, I ended up pivoting my focus to like more scary games for the end of October. And then you got Super Mario Wonder and now Alan Wake 2. And I definitely, once I'm done with Alan Wake 2, I'm totally going back to Starfield. I just feel that I haven't even scratched the surface yet. I think there's so much more to this game that I can just bite right into. So that's why I'm not counting it out of my top five at all, actually. Um, I love Bethesda RPGs. I, almost to a fault. Um, but completing them can be kind of a task. Yeah, I think it's definitely in my top ten. I just don't know if it's in my top five based on the other games that I think are such a good whole package as opposed to the things that I don't like in, in Starfield that you still put up with for the game. So chance, what about you? How, what do you, um, I probably have the least amount of hours compared to everyone in here. Um, I started playing another game that was very similar, which isn't fair because it's been out for a couple years, but came out with a huge update that essentially completed the game and it's just a way better version of Starfield. So I kind of like got, you know, I started playing that game instead of Starfield. Starfield wouldn't be in my top five. Would it be in your top ten? Uh, probably towards the end. And Zach, I know you said probably not your top five. Would you say top ten? Yeah, I would say top ten. I, I wouldn't say top five, but it would be top ten. Yeah. Uh, Jedi Survivor. So... As much as I think the gameplay was fan-fucking-tastic for this game, I do think the story did not hit as hard as Fallen Order. That being said, it wasn't a bad story. I think it just felt inconsistently paced, and and some things that they did put in felt like they didn't need to be put in, so you could have taken stuff out to focus more on some of the stuff that they did want to kind of focus on at the end. But the gameplay was just so fucking good. The different lightsaber stances that you can do and you can kind of focus and upgrade the ones that work best for you. And uh, I focused on obviously the cross guard and the dual lightsaber. I know uh, you guys, when we talked about this, um, Zach, you were focusing on uh, the normal like all around lightsaber one, right? Yeah, I was doing the all around saber. um, And the pistol maybe? I did the pistol one for a little bit and then I did like I kind of flipped between those cross guard and the dual dual blade not the dual wield or whatever. Oh, you right? did the dual blade. Okay. Yeah, I, I did, did the dual, dual wield. Yeah. I did the double sided saber, not I I barely touched the dual wielding saber. Yeah. So, I think each of those styles had pros and cons and it's just mm-hmm. depending on what the, what the player wanted to do. Um you could be successful with any of them. It's not like you had to pick one to be successful. Yeah. I was really impressed with the the performance for Cameron Moynihan. I don't think he was as strong of a performance in the first game, but he did really come into his own in this one. The cast of characters was great. Seeing the people from the first game 
seeing the time has passed and now they're kind of reuniting as a group uh was really cool um some of the the story choices and the locations they went i'm like okay that's not where i would have gone but uh villains were good i enjoyed the crap out of it but playing on xbox when it came out performance just was so bad it was dipping into the 20s in certain aspects of it everything looked so muddy because of the fsr 2.0 um didn't have the greatest implementation at the time and i think that detracts detracts from my experience of the game as a whole um at this point i would say maybe not top five but i think top 10 see i feel i feel different i feel like it is top five just because i understand i more or less agree with you from the story i think the story itself was pretty solid did you finish Um, it by the way yeah yeah i rolled credits on it so i thought the story was pretty good um i love from a gameplay perspective that basically everything from uh uh, fallen order was improved upon i felt like from a gameplay perspective i really liked and this is just like a basic thing but it's really nice that you didn't have to like relearn basic shit like cal clearly grew as a character and you could just keep building on that stuff from like abilities and stuff like that and it opened up a lot more of what you can do from from a gameplay perspective um i like the different places we went to um i thought the pacing of the game was actually like pretty decent but i spent a lot of time on like a lot of the places where i tried to basically completionist what i could while i was there obviously there are areas that are like locked like you need to level up so i guess level design wise i really enjoyed that where it's like you're going to come back to this environment with new powers right it's going to open up more sections you're going to be doing other stuff in the same environment it didn't feel stale doing that and coming back to those locations i thought like the the temples that you went to you got to learn a lot about what was occurring in the past and i thought their blend of that kind of like slight environmental storytelling with like the force echoes and stuff like that i thought was good pacing to like what was occurring and how it's impacting them and like the present time that you're dealing with um so i thought it was great and kind of looking at it from the previous game and how much it improved on it that kind of bolsters it for me where it's like your improvement on fallen order makes me think that much more highly of you as a game so so for me personally it's in my top five as of right now anyway yes um uh this is one of my games that i need to go back and beat them and towards the end um but i have played a good majority of it yeah Yeah, i am like like 80 percent through the game i just need to get in and finish it um uh i would say it's in my top five and then rick you have not played survivor i have not played it no um moving on to diablo 4 i cannot speak on this game i've never touched it chance i think i'm the only one that's played it or zach's played it um i'm like 70 75 percent through the story okay well yeah um i'd be i didn't put nearly as much into it i know michael and his dad got hardcore i think they got to like level 100 um uh it was um it was a game that was released and people (laughs) played it um zach what do you think sounds like it's not in your top five chance it's or in my not even top 10 top fit top 20 
<laughs> uh, so I've never played a Diablo game before, so this is kind of like my first kind of experience into the Diablo universe. I've absolutely loved playing the game. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the the story, the presentation. I think the gameplay is great. Um, I've and again, I don't have any prior experience, so like I can't compare it to previous Diablos. Uh, so just kind of like based on just my experience with solely like Diablo four and kind of as a fresh thing, I've I've really enjoyed playing it. I think the 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 range of different types of abilities and classes you can use is great. It's obviously like you can go about doing it however you want, even within like your own class. There's different ways you can specialize and stuff like that. So the range of like even like when I've hopped in games with Michael or my friend Ev, um, like they're doing like different class like i'm more sorcery based my buddy ev is more like physical combat and is like a berserker class and it's just the 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 combination of our abilities my own my synergy his i've really enjoyed it i think it's great um and the story itself i think is just i think it's told really well so i've enjoyed it it's in my top five right now um i've i've thoroughly enjoyed playing it all right, moving on to Spider-Man 2. Uh, we kind of did briefly touch on this in uh, What Have You Been Playing? I think that I'm the only one who's really put time into it. Zach, you've only put like the first 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. play more of it tonight, obviously. Hopefully it doesn't crash. Yeah. But I'm about, I can't speak to it right now. I'm about five hours in, and I would say this is not in my top five, probably not even in my top ten at this point. Maybe that can change if I play more of it and it kind of does open up and the story really kind of gets into his own. But uh, right now it's not, it's okay. It's not anything spectacular. Certainly not amazing. Uh, Spider-Man puns there. Um, but I, I do want to put some more time into it and kind of see if it does hit. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it'll be in my top five for sure. Zach, too early to tell. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna put forth any sort of opinion on that just because I haven't put enough time into it. So I just want to be more fair with it. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Resident Evil Four remake. Uh, so this came out March. This came out March, March. right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it came out March. I think it really hit at the time. Uh, I had just. I think we had a like, guy had just played uh, Dead Space remake. And I was in that survival horror mood and it just did really good. There is a good middle chunk of this that is very action based. Um, and Ashley kind of gets annoying at some moments, but then there is a section where you are playing as Ashley. That is very survival horror that I really enjoyed. Um, I did like the wackiness of it. Maybe less so than resident evil two remake, which is still my favorite of the, the resident evil remakes. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it, it was very well paced, um, except that middle actiony part that kind of drags on a bit. Um, story kind of went in directions I didn't think it would, uh, but then again, I've never played the the uh, the original, so it was kind of all all new stuff to me. Uh, I think the uh, the gameplay loop and the exploration and like exploring this village was handled really well. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would say probably in my top five as of right now rick yeah it's definitely breaching my top five it was a lot of fun um you know like resident evil 2 remake like definitely 
kind of you know relied a lot on like the survival horror the actual scary parts uh well resident evil 4 is more like an action movie that was just kind of ridiculous fun a lot of kicking and punching things um a lot of explosions especially towards Mm -hmm. the end there if you have if you save up your rocket launcher um it was as far as a remake that i didn't know we needed and kind of came i would say seemingly out of left field it was just it was a blast it was a lot of fun playing and i i i I had so much fun um so yeah i think it's gonna breach my top five Uh, Final Fantasy 16. I think I'm the only one who's put time into this. And it, or no chance. Did you play this? Mm-hmm. OK, so never mind. I'm not the only one who's put time into this. Um, to me, it was just I, I was like 12 hours in and I checked the time and I was like not even halfway. So uh, it just it felt a lot of. Popcorn flick summer blockbuster more of a movie than a game like a lot yeah. of like intrigue and story like game of thrones like and you yeah, just some but, combat <laughs> yeah and and i need more of that like actual combat and like the, the combat felt very much like okay i'm hitting i'm pressing x until i get to this point that i'm throwing in a, a circle to do my move and then i'm waiting for stuff to cooldowns to go into effect and then it just felt i'm like repeating the process and a lot of the bosses were bullet sponges um not bullet sponges but like damage sponges where i had to keep doing this over and over again and then there was a section where you're fighting the same person like eight different times because you think they die and then nope they come back a little bit stronger and then you think they die nope they're coming back and it just kept going on like that um and I was not really like at the at the point where I stopped playing. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing here? It's been five years since the last story beat. You just jumped five years and now I have nothing to like look forward to or any idea what's going on. And it just it felt very disjointed and uh, not really engaging to me. So I would say this is not even in my top 10 and I don't think I'm going to go back and finish it. I don't know if you feel different chance. Um, yeah, I feel like I just need to play more, but I, I just like the, I think the, um, world building, I mean, yeah, I think the world building and just the lore and the, like, like it says, has that Game of Thrones kind of, um, you know, uh, pull to it where there's like a lot of intrigue and just a lot of families after each other. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of cutscenes, but, um, uh, yeah, and I can see how they're like bullet sponge or like you said, damage sponges, I guess, because there's no bullets in the game, really. Um, but, um, I mean, I know you can, like, build differently. You can have, like, multiple powers at once, and, you know, you can stagger them, and then once they hit that window, you can then, you know, unload all of your abilities to really, like, deal as much damage as you can as possible. Uh, you're, you know, you're trying to dodge around, and I know that the, the combat can get a little repetitive. Um, and, um, but, I mean, I... I don't know. I guess I just like the story and I'd like the the theme. I guess that not the theme, but just like the story and kind of just like the the franchise of Final Fantasy. Um and I, I want to play more of it. Um once again, I don't think I played as much as you, but I have put up many hours into it and I do want to continue playing it and um, you know, getting further into the game. And um um I yeah, I would say uh, so far, like this would be in my top five of the score. I think the music's really great. 
and like the cinematics and things like that, you know, that crazy stuff that happens are like is kind of nuts, a kind of crazy like attack on Titan, big at like you know, big mon, like you know, iconic summons and fights, and like it's very cinematic and stuff like that. Um, which some people like, some people don't like. If there's too many like set pieces, cinematic pieces, um, but um, I kind of when I play Final Fantasy, it's more of like I'm looking for that. I'm looking for like cinematic, you know, what I mean, like playing a half a game, half a movie kind of thing. Uh, I guess I don't mind playing that kind of game. Um, you know, I can put down the controller for 20 minutes because there's a cutscene on or something, like I'm watching a TV show slash playing a game. So um, I, I don't mind that. I kind of like that. So um, yeah, I would say this is personally in my top five. Moving on to Hi-Fi Rush. This was like one of the first games that came out of the year that was like, this is a game of the year contender. And I think it still held that spot in my eyes um it just it was the complete package was great art style combat music performance story and like character development was all fucking there such a great cast of characters they build upon the powers they they introduce these characters so naturally it had boss fights that were kind of challenging at some points if you're not the best at rhythm games uh but i really enjoyed it even even the times where i was failing the music was working out so well. Those those chai jokes were just fucking amazing, and it's it's still in my top five for the year. I would have to agree uh, completely. Usually, with those kind of uh, I say double may cry esque kind of combat styles, uh, they get kind of repetitive and boring and just kind of annoying after a while. And Hi Fi Rush did not. It it mm-hmm. it excelled so well, and it was just so much fun. It was a breath of fresh air. Like I hadn't played anything like that in a long time, and I didn't know it was this itch that I needed to scratch. It just and, worked and the so art well. Direction is just goes from cutscene to Saturday morning cartoon, back to cutscene, all transitioning in such unique ways. It, it just it hit so well, and I'm it was I'm so really much excited for the future of that franchise. So yeah, I would say it's in my top five. Have Have you, Chancellor Zach, played it at all? Yeah, I'm like almost done with it actually. Hi-Fi Rush, um, I haven't played it yet at all. Yeah, I'm almost done with it. I think what's nice about it is that from like the it, it's just such a different game than the ones we've like been like used to playing recently over the past like few years or so, I would say. It's mm-hmm. just a nice it was really refreshing. It was a nice change of pace. Just really kind of vibrant is how I would describe it from like kind of all facets, not just artistically, but just like vibrant characters, like vibrant dialogue. It's just like really like upbeat, both literally and figuratively. And like it just was a very fun, unique game to play. It was just something different. The art is yeah. amazing. And uh, there's moments just, where I was literally laughing out loud. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> Yeah, it's just re- it, it was just a refreshing game to play. The dynamic between the characters is good. Characters that like have like you've you barely as characters, they barely know each other, but there's like a dynamic and a chemistry that's there that is like palpably real and like actually realistic and is believable. So I, I loved it. It's definitely it's definitely in my top five. It's also I think it's there for all of us because it was such a unique thing and it's like a sleeper hit from the start. That it's kind of yeah. hard to knock it off of its perch because of when it came out and how well it like kind of started for all of us. Yeah. And I think we all value new experiences over 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and and to play something fresh and different is always going to hold more like juice and oomph than a game that we're just like used to playing, and it just feels like you're going through the motions with it. This was just a totally fresh and new experience that was just it's always fun to like ex- like to do that for the first time and uh speaking of the opposite of not a new experience but building upon the original uh octopath traveler 2 uh this also came out pretty early in the year i want to say february um i i got it on switch i i'm like 60 hours in i have beaten one maybe two campaigns of my eight people and i still have a lot more to go it is one i'm slowly again savoring because I enjoy it so much. I think the writing is like so good. And like, at least for the characters that I relate to, and I would say that's about six out of the eight. Um, the story is really cool and interesting. The, the stuff that they did to build upon the original with like, um, character abilities that change during the night or day, uh, different boosts that you have depending on the time of day, uh, leveling up your people and like all of that stuff. Um, adding the new powers i think it it works really well and i think i enjoyed this significantly um early on in the year i would say yeah this would be in my top five but this has just been such a fucking amazing year that again it's it's been slowly going like down at one or two every time Uh, i would still say it's in my top 10 i just don't think it's in my top five chance you you put a good time a good chunk of time into this right uh octopath yeah i put um several hours into it um and uh this is a game that's very hard to complete because it like you you put like a like you know 80 it's supposed to put like be like an 80 to 100 hour kind of game or something like that so i feel like most people don't finish this game unless you focus on nothing but this game and nothing else for a long time but um uh, i put several hours i mean it's you know, I feel like it's Octopath Traveler, but like, you know, improved in a lot of ways and different, like a different enough to where it doesn't feel like the same game. I, you know, like all the different classes, the different kinds of characters, you know, the different stories, um, you know, I find really interesting. Um, uh, some of my favorite characters, I feel like, are is the samurai um, guy. I forget his name. Um, and then... Um, Starts with an H. Uh, Hari or Kakari or something. I don't remember. Something but... like that, yeah. And then um, uh, the one girl, the the hunter, she has like a pet and stuff. Um, and she's kind of interesting too. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Octopath is in my top five personally. Um, I like this game a lot. Rick or Zach, have you played this at all? Mm-mm. I haven't it's played the first to- one. It's like the one game that I well, play the first. One. <laughs> um, it's the one game right now that I like really regret not having put the time into. This from uh, this year. Chance, you want to take the lead on this next one? Because I think you're the only one who's played it. Yeah, I'll be quick. Uh, Armored Core. Um, this game's a lot of fun. Um, it's uh, it's just kind of funny how you play the game and you mean you build your own mech. So it's that's part of the game is just customizing the perfect mech. And not only doing that, but when you fight certain bosses, you can change the mech to better combat those bosses. So it kind of prevents you. I mean, you can still play stagnant if you want, but it's going to be hard for you. Um, But um, essentially, the game is funny when you go through missions and you just fly through enemies because they're just like, you know, a bunch of nobodies. And then the real game starts when you fight these mini bosses or the big bosses. 
and it turns into Dark Souls, where it's like you try to dodge abilities while dealing as much damage as you can before needing to heal yourself because your heals are limited. And, um, you know, and it's and it's crazy mech battle. So you're zooming back and forth, trying to dodge lasers and missiles. And you're in these like crazy, you know, it turns into like, you know, uh, a mech fight. It's kind of like wet dream kind of thing. Um, the story obviously is a lot to be, um, uh, you know, I don't know, like their story could be a little bit better. A lot of the games, there's like a lot of, you know, you're just hearing like a intercom voice and like, oh, you know, someone's just kind of like your handler talking to you while you're going from mission to mission. Like it isn't it's a mission based game. It's not like, you know, an open world. It's like, oh, mission complete. You blank out. You're back in your in your hangar. OK, next mission. Then you select your next mission. Then you load into an area and you do your mission and things like that. So everything's mission based, um, which um, I feel like it's uh, different to a lot of people because everyone's used to open to open world, like, you know, very little amount of loading screens. But, um, but yeah, I, I like this game a lot. I feel like it's in my top five. This is I actually I think one of my only like Dark Soul kind of games I really like to play. Another game I need to get back into, but I put many hours into this game and I've beaten several of the bosses. Um, I think I am at one right now that I'm stuck at, but I've gotten really close to beating it. I just need to get back into the game and play it. Um, but yeah, Armored Core is a lot of fun. Game. All right. Oh, my screen just shifted. Uh, yeah. Next up, Liza P. Uh, I've only put like maybe two hours into this game. Uh, I did really enjoy it. I think it, it is going to be up my alley. I just have to be in that mood to play it. And it just came out at a time that is so busy with Starfield and Baldur's Gate and now uh, Alan Wake that I just have kind of put it on the back burner uh, and have not really gotten super into it. Uh, but I am. I do want to put more time into it. I, I, I wouldn't say I've put enough into it to talk about it in my top 10 or my top five um who actually added it to the list was that you zach uh rick did i think um but i would have i'm glad yeah. he did because i would have added it to the rick's beating the game already uh, no i've only i've only played the demo but i've just oh. heard you guys talking about it and i figured it should be at least mentioned <laughs> yeah i've 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 put a like like five or six hours into it maybe um i i really enjoyed it i think there is some there's some gameplay things that i wish could be improved upon like um and these are just minor things but it's just like when you go to block for example like you can hold your block position like with your sword up or whatever but you can only you like strafe the way you're facing you can't like turn while you're blocking which like is really annoying like, because then I have to release my guard to like turn and face my enemy or something if I've like dodged or moved or whatever. I think um, that's so, like, the point of that, though. Yeah, but I hate it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the point of it, but I hate it. Like, um, but I, I, aside from that, that's like my one like main gripe with the game. The game itself is like super fucking unforgiving. Like, it's it's proper hard like it is a difficult game and that is the i point. would say it's um, less unforgiving than elden ring because there are some mechanics where yeah if somebody attacks like, you you can attack them like quickly to regain yeah. some of the health that you lost oh yeah i'm not um, i'm not saying like 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 sekiro is a much more unforgiving game than lies of p like elden ring absolutely 
this game is still properly difficult. Like, um, they really like it, it is it is a difficult game. It's not as difficult as Elden Ring or Sekiro, but um, but I really liked it. I think it's an interesting take on this on the Pinocchio story, one that we at least as far as I know, I've never seen this type of storytelling for this for this story before. I've never heard of um, that. What is that? Like of of what? What did you just say? Is a different style of telling Ever for like Chino? Pinocchio? Pinocchio. What is Okay, that? are you done? Are you finished? <laughs> <laughs> are you done? <laughs> I was like, there's no way we're actually having this as a bit right now. <laughs> um Is it in uh, your top five or your top ten? Um, uh, it's definitely in my top ten. I probably would feel more comfortable playing more of it to put it in my top five. Last but not least, Sea of Stars. I have not tried this at all, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I, I threw this up on there. Honestly, I played maybe about an hour of it so far, and it just seems like something that's right up my alley. Reminds me a lot of, you know, the earlier, I guess, like more like Final Fantasy, like six ish. Um, and like Chrono Trigger and like it, it gives me a lot of those vibes. So I think like probably my November, December after I beat Alan Wake and uh, play some more Starfield is going to be consumed by Sea of Stars and Star Ocean Second Story Remake and just kind of go back to those classic more. I don't say classic RPGs, but those RPGs from that time that I just fell in love with. So I don't know. I need to play more of it, but I at least wanted to mention it so I wouldn't forget about it because that does have the potential to break into my top five. So what are your top five right now? Let's say we're nominating stuff today, which we are not. But as of today, what is your top five? Looks like Chance, you already have them on here. You want to go through that list? Yeah, my number five is Octopath Traveler. Number four, I have Jedi Survivor. Three is Armored Core. Um, two is Final Fantasy 16. And my number one right now would be Borders Gate 3. Nice. Actually, I have them in order and everything. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next, but it won't be in any particular order, if that's okay. I think I'm the same. Honestly, it's so hard to. So right now I would have Hi-Fi Rush. I would have Tears of the Kingdom. I would have Baldur's Gate 3. I would have Diablo 4. And then. I said Jedi Survivor, right? Did I say Jedi Survivor? I don't remember. Hi-Fi Rush, Diablo 4, Jedi Survivor, Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate 3. Those would be my five right now rick i would say tears of the kingdom starfield hi-fi rush um resident Evil 4 remake and alan wake 2 definitely not in no particular order because alan wake 2 would probably be a lot higher yeah again no particular order for me but i would say uh tears of the kingdom alan wake 2 Hi-Fi Rush, Resident Evil 4, and Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. So. I feel like um, in our tuggies, I have a feeling that Baldur's Gate 3 might win. I don't know if it'll win, but I think it'll definitely make the nomination based on three of us having it in our lists. Um, Hi-Fi Rush, again, three of us have it in our lists. Uh, Alan Wake, two of us have it in our lists. Tears of the Kingdom, three of us again. Zach, did you say Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah. 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 
So, I mean, maybe it's coming down to where we can <laughs> narrow it down. But again, this can all change if we end up playing something that jumps up or jumps down or pushes something out. Maybe Spider-Man gets in there. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, because yeah. I want to play like Octopath Traveler too. Like I want to play. I don't. I, it's not up here, but I want to play Oxen Free too. I still need to play Super Mario Wonder. So there's still a few games on this list. I mean, I guess I actually I do, I don't have a choice. I have to play Alan Wake too because of control. So yes. like, and Alan Wake's not even in my top five right now because I've only put in the first couple hours or so. So I don't feel like I played enough of it to get get to. to get to initiate no yeah initiation chapter four i'm gonna pretend i know where that is i have to come over to your place probably to play because i have my save on there i really don't want to start am i close to that pat yes hell yeah well it technically you could be very close or you could be very far depending on how you play depends on if i go to saga or alan yeah yeah so i i know some some people that I like have played on like they are posting on the subreddit are like, I went through all of saga and now I'm doing Alan Wake or I went through all of Alan Wake and now I'm doing saga. I'm alternating. I don't know what your path's going to be in that, but yeah. Um, so because this, this, our, our lists are kind of varied in, in as of right now i think they may be more varied when the actual time for nomination comes and there's so many it's it's already pretty hard to, to narrow it down to five do you think this year we should have a category of this would have been nominated for game of the year in any other year yeah i think it's a yeah. good category to have perpetually yeah i mean we might not fill it every year I feel like every year we've had at least one game where we felt that way about it. Maybe not enough to fill a whole ass like category for it. Yeah, this year I think we're going to fill this category. I think, yeah, maybe we would have had one, but I think at that point we just make it an honorable mention as opposed to doing a whole right. separate category so we could kind of like discuss it each year and see how we feel. I think this year has just been such a, an anomaly in terms for, of for each amount. of us. I think for each of us, we each have such like a varied list, even right now. Like we do have a few that we share, but like Alan Wake's not in mine right now, but Diablo is, and Diablo's not in other people's, and Super Mario Wonder is a game that's in there that I feel like ordinarily a flagship Mario game would be in our um, top five. Well, that that like, Rick right, is the only like, one who's played it, so it could very well make my list when I play it. So right, but then if we like go play these games and then like something has to fall out right so then it's going to get yeah. even more varied and there's even going to be more games we're talking about oh i can't believe this isn't in my top five like right now starfield which is like the game of the year that I people mean, have been like talking about like it's not even in my not in most of our top five so it's just like yeah, i mean we talked about 15 right. games right there and right, exactly in like, the year category is only five so yeah right. I, I i think it's a good year to do it um how would you guys propose doing it do you want to do how we nominate every category and just nominate for this? Or would you want to do 10 nominations for game of the year? Top five go into game of the year. Bottom five go into this category. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Let's do that. Yeah, let's okay. do that. And then I think we should really wait. Whatever our community says is games that could have been game of the year and kind of weight it similarly and like mm -hmm. have like the people on Twitter and like all the social media interactions get really weight there so it would apply to this for sure yeah so yeah it, it's Man. gonna be like 
normally by this stage, we all have an idea of what our nominees for the Tuggies will be. But I think at this this point, it's still very nebulous based on what we get time to put like time into yeah. and how it lands, how it doesn't land, how stuff lands, like the ending lands, because Baldur's Gate 3, again, I'm I'm almost at the finish line. I have not beaten it yet. I don't anticipate it's going to drastically change how I, how I feel about it, but you never know. There have been games where I'm like, what the fuck was that ending? So Yeah, like uh, right now, right now I feel like a lot of the games that I want to put time into and play aren't going to be super long games to play. So I feel much better about where I am right now, where it's like, okay, I could, I have to put some time into these games, but not they're not like 70 hour games or something. And again, this is only game of the year category we talked about. There's so many other categories we have for the Tuggies that right. we, you know, various indie games and narrative and stuff like that. Um, if you have quickly before we go here, um, if you want to recommend a game that you think the others should play, before the tuggies or should prioritize before the tuggies what would that be diablo 4 yeah i'm not gonna do I, that i, I would say people should play before the tuggies yeah, yeah. Like, which game do you think should somebody play to get a good idea of it being in contention i i would say diablo 4 would be my pick of the ones that i think most of you guys haven't played that and lies of p i would put both of those lies of p and diablo 4. lies of p i will try to put more time into but i'm not gonna i didn't realize like like rick only played the demo but there's but he has like a good idea about it but just generally i think lies of p and diablo 4 are two games that i think you guys should definitely try diablo 4 would take a lot of time i would highly recommend you and chance play alan wake 2 because it is so fucking phenomenal i have to play the first one it is a lot of fun you don't you you honestly don't i didn't play the first one yeah, you can just watch a YouTube video or they do a good job of catching you up to what's going on. If there's nothing you've played that you're like, hey, maybe play Armored Core. Or... I mean, all these games are in contention for Game of the Year, so I'd recommend all of them. Okay. If you can play them all. <laughs> Rick? Honestly, I'm mainly recommending things to myself that I need to play. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still need to find a time when Pat's not playing Baldur's Gate 3 to get on a Steam and, and play that. You can do that uh, now while I'm playing Alan Wake, but I know you want yeah, to play Alan Wake. Yeah, but I want to play Alan Wake. <laughs> yeah. maybe, one, maybe I'll play for like the eight hours it takes you to play Super Mario Wonder. I'll uh, go into... Uh, how about this? I will, when I beat Alan Wake, I will focus on Baldur's Gate because I'm very much towards the end of that, and then you can play Baldur's Gate as much as you want. Perfect. And also, I need to play some... Um, there's something else. Oh, yes. I need to play more Sea of Stars, which I think everybody should play Sea of Stars. It's on Game Pass. And I need to play more of it too. So, yep. I would also recommend Cocoon because that game is fucking brilliant. And it takes. Yeah, we do need maybe, to get that, those indie games in there too. <laughs> it takes maybe five hours to beat. Uh, and also, why is the name blanking me? The Netflix one. Oxen Free 2? Oxen Free 2. Goddamn. Uh, but yeah, definitely play that. Support subtitles. Wow! <laughs> Subpar Subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with, uh, where I basically take the principle that game developers like naming games uh, with the franchise colon subtitle, and that's S-U-B hyphen T-I-T-L-E. For example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So I basically take a fake subtitle, intermix it with a bunch of real ones, 
and it's our panel's job here to figure out which one is the fake one. Uh, we've been keeping track of uh, scores all year. Scores are currently Zach with six, Rick with 18, Chance with zero. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Yep. All right. Father time, mother nature, sisters versus sisters, the dark brotherhood, and a daughter raising simulator. I'll say those again for those of you listening at home. Father time, mother nature, sisters versus sisters, the dark brotherhood, and a daughter raising simulator. Uh, Rick, since you have the lead, why don't you go first? I really want to say a father time, but I'm going to go with the dark brotherhood. Dark brotherhood for Rick. Zach. I am going to go with the daughter raising simulator. Daughter raising simulator for Zach. Chance. Sister versus sisters. Sisters versus sisters for chance. So now it's time for the twist. So you guys can either keep your answers or you could say that they're all real or all fake. And if you say that, and that is indeed the case, you will get double the points for a total of six. Chance. What I'll do you say? Chance is staying. Zach? I am going to say they're all real. Zach is saying all real. Rick? I also want to say all real. Rick is also saying all real. All right. Those answers are locked in. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. Father time. Oh, not a real game. <laughs> uh, 12 Labors of Hercules for Mother Nature. Real game. Uh, Neptunia, Sisters versus Sisters. Real game. Sonic Chronicles, The Dark Brotherhood. Real game. And uh, Seal Fledge, A Daughter Raising Simulator. Real game. So nobody gets points. Scores don't change. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns. Talk about your game of the year uh, contenders at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on all our social media. On Twitter, we are at TUGPOD. On Instagram, we are at TUG underscore POD. And I believe it's the same on threads? Yep. Question mark? Uh, on Reddit, we are at r slash tugpod, and on Facebook, we are the Untitled Gaming Podcast. Uh, we also ask that you check out our Twitch channel and follow that uh, at Twitch. Follow mm-hmm. that at twitch.tv slash tugpod. Uh, we also ask that you leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star review for every other So, Zach, you want to tweet out the, the thing? Because apparently you complain whenever I do it. Yeah, because you're just saying, like, live. <laughs> that's, that's all the tweets. It's, it's the normal tweet. It's like, garbage. It's pops garbage. up when you're like, <laughs> share the link. <laughs> they know. They know by it's this actually, time. They know you're tweeting. Oh, that's a Pat tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our fans sit there like Pat cannot possibly be bothered <laughs> to care about this being well, live right now. 